you are listening to By the Book. Because if you don't look at the world through the Bible, you will never see it right. Welcome to Episode 9 of By the Book. This is Alan Griffith, your host. I'm glad you're with us. And uh, I think I want to also welcome you to 2022. You know, I think it's going to be an interesting year, a challenging year in many, many ways. And as we begin to think toward that, I want to take this time to go back and consider with you the ongoing collapse of the culture of the United States. It's been going on for a long time, further back than we're going to go. But I want you to hear some dates. I want you to hear some events and kind of let it sink in a little bit. Boy, here is where we are going. So to do that, let me take you back to June the 14th, 1954. That's a long time ago. But by a joint resolution of Congress on June 14th, 1954, the words under God were added to the Pledge of Allegiance. Now, there's probably a lot of young people who don't even know there was a time when those words were not part of the Pledge of Allegiance, but they became officially a part of the pledge in 1954. Congress was sensitive to our culture, sensitive to what we believed, and sensitive to what our proclamation of allegiance should be. And the message they they wanted to emphasize was that we were a nation under God. Again, June 14, 1954. Moved to June 30th, 1956, basically two years away from the under God uh, resolution. By a joint resolution of Congress on June 30th, 1956, the phrase, in God we trust, was adopted as the motto of the United States and was ordered to be printed on paper currency. Now, that phrase, in God we trust, had been printed on coins for a long time, all the way back to 1864. But here's Congress taking this bold step to declare the motto of this country is going to be, in God we trust. Do you think that would happen today? Boy, I sure don't think so. All right, now, move with me to less than 10 years ahead of that. July 25th, 1962. So 1954, under God. 1956, in God we trust. July 25th, 1962, the U.S. Supreme Court banned school-sponsored prayer by a six-to-one vote. Just think about that. In those few years, things were changing so quickly. Now, I do want to point this out, and I want you to think about it in all of the rest of the things that we're going to talk about as far as changes in culture. The first two events, under God and in God we trust, was action of the Congress. Everything else we're going to talk about has been action by the Supreme Court, that unelected body 
who takes such power to itself. It became a legislative body instead of a judicial body. That's what happened. And the Supreme Court began to make law. And here's one law that it made. They banned school-sponsored prayer July 25th, 1962. Now, if you were not alive back then, you were not in school back then, you do not realize perhaps that every single day when we were in public school, we began the day with prayer. And then just a year later, June 17, 1963, the Supreme Court acted again, and this time they banned Bible reading in school by an eight-to-one vote. And for all practical purposes, God was then removed from the educational system of our country. Secular humanism really became the state religion of the United States. But there again is something that maybe a lot of people don't realize. Every morning in school back in those days, it all opened up with prayer and then a reading from the scriptures. And everybody got their turn. And I can remember the the times when I would be called upon, your turn to go up and read something from the scripture. Then someday, uh, somebody else. The next day, somebody else. On it went every single day. And all of a sudden, the Supreme Court steps in and says it is illegal to pray in school with a school-sponsored prayer. That is school making it happen. And it is illegal to read the Bible in school. Well, we moved to 1968. The Supreme Court acted again. This time, the Supreme Court overturned state laws that banned the teaching of evolution. Did you know there used to be state laws that said evolution could not be taught in the public school? Supreme Court overturned all of those state laws. January 22nd. 1973, a day many people are fully aware of. The U.S. Supreme Court acted again, this time to legalize abortion by a 72-7-2 vote in the very infamous Roe v. Wade case. Now, up until that time, decisions on abortion have been left to the states. And if Roe v. Wade gets overturned, it's being considered right now, and it should be overturned, the decision on abortion will go back to the states. And the states all had their own laws, and some did allow abortion, some did not. But the Supreme Court stepped in and said, across the board, we're taking that out of the hands of the states. And they opened the door to the legalized murder of unborn children. 1987, the Supreme Court rules again. This time, they made it unconstitutional for states to have laws requiring equal time for the teaching of creation that was given to the teaching of evolution. Now, think about that. There had been a time when evolution was not allowed to be taught in the public school. All of a sudden, we come to a time not too many years after the decision to allow evolution. Now, creation isn't required to get equal time in the public schools. 
culture collapsing, culture falling apart. On June 26, 2015, not so long ago, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled to legalize homosexual marriage. What a vile decision. What a wicked step in the collapse of our country. And then, just last year, June 28, 2021, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that a school board acted illegally when they banned a transgender student from using the bathroom of their chosen identity. In other words, a young person says, I know I was born a girl, but now I think I'm a boy, or I was born a boy, now I think I'm a girl, and I want to use the bathroom that I identify with. I don't want to use the bathroom that's truly for me and what I am biologically. Collapse? Falling apart? Boy, I want to tell you, what tragedy. The Supreme Court turned itself into a legislative body instead of a judicial body. That was a major problem. But, you know, underneath of that, what really was happening and is happening is that the United States began reaping the results of rejecting God. And we have rejected God more and more and more. And we have adopted secular humanism along with all the immorality and the perversion that comes with it. Listen to Psalm 9 and verse 17. The wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. I want you to know something. That's where we are going, and we're probably not going to turn around. Think about us as a nation. Sometimes I hear people say, well, we need to put prayer back in the school. Well, I want to ask you a question. If we put prayer back in the school, to whom would people be praying? Do you think they would be praying again to the God of the Bible in the name of Jesus Christ? We don't know who they'd be praying to. And sometimes I hear people say we should put Bible reading back in the school. Where if we put if we put Bible reading back in the school, do you think they'd only be reading the Bible? Don't you think they'd be reading the Quran and who knows what else they might be reading? Listen, we're not going back. Our culture is collapsing and it's collapsing more and more and more every year, every month, every day. Here's a question, because I think we know where the country's going. Where are you going? Here we are entering a new year. It is not a time for a New Year's resolution. People do those things. That's okay if you want to do those things, but that's not what this is all about. This is about where we're heading for the rest of our days personally and where this nation is heading for the rest of our days as long as we're here on earth and then uh, the heritage that we're going to leave behind. I want to turn in the scriptures to Ezekiel chapter 22. Ezekiel was a prophet back in the days when God had brought judgment on the nation of Israel. 
the Babylonians had come and they had conquered. And uh, the nation was was just being destroyed by basically a, a, a slavery. And so Ezekiel is challenged as God comes to him for him to give a message and to think about what had happened in the nation. So I want to read to you Ezekiel 22, beginning in verse 23. Here's what Ezekiel said. And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, say unto her. And that say unto her was a reference to the nation. This is what you need to say to the nation of Israel. I think it's something that needs to be said to the United States. But here's what he said. Son of man, say unto her, Thou art the land that is not cleansed nor reigned upon in the day of indignation. Let me give you a shortcut thought on what that means. Basically this, you are the land that is not getting God's blessing anymore. Now he's going to go on and he's going to challenge various groups in the nation of Israel. And there's parallels between those groups and the various groups in this country. So in verse 25, he says this, there is a conspiracy of her prophets, the prophets, those who should have been speaking for God. He said, there's a conspiracy of her prophets in the midst thereof, like a roaring lion ravening the prey. They have devoured souls. They have taken the treasure and precious things. They have made her many widows in the midst thereof. Put that in simple terms, the prophets who should have been preaching truth and ministering to the people were simply out to get whatever they could get for themselves. Listen over to verse 28, where the prophets are mentioned again. Her prophets have daubed them with untempered mortar, seeing vanity and divining lies unto them, saying, Thus saith the Lord God, when the Lord hath not spoken. I want to tell you there's a lot of preachers today who aren't preaching the truth. They're not saying the things that need to be said. They're not calling sin, sin. They're not calling for repentance. They're not acknowledging that the judgment of God is falling on this country. They're in it for themselves. Woe unto those preachers. And then go back to verse 26. Here's a reference to the priest. Now, we don't have priests today, per se, not biblical priests. The priests were supposed to be people who were representing Uh, the nation to God. They were supposed to teach the law. They were supposed to uphold the standards and values. Listen to what was said to Ezekiel. Her priests have violated my law. Those who should have been teaching the law and following the law had violated the law and have profaned mine holy things. They have put no difference between the holy and profane. Neither have they showed difference between the unclean and the clean and have hid their eyes from my Sabbaths and I am profaned among them. Let me tell you, that's a picture of religion today. Nobody distinguishes between the clean and the unclean and God is profaned in religion today. We've turned religion into entertainment 
instead of worship and service for God. Listen to verse 27. Her princes, so the prophets, the priests, now the princes, uh, the politicians, if you will, the, the government leaders. Listen to what the text says. Her princes in the midst thereof are like wolves ravening the prey to shed blood, to destroy souls, to get dishonest gain. That sound like the politicians? It does to me. That's what's happening right here in our country. But then it comes down to the everyday people. So you got the priests, you got the prophets, you got the princes. Now listen to verse 29. The people of the land have used oppression and exercised robbery and have vexed the poor and needy. Yea, they have oppressed the stranger wrongfully. We're just everyday people who care about other people. We live in a day when people are taking advantage of one another. They're oppressing one another. They are robbing people. They are hurting people. What has happened to our country? But here's what stirs me. I'm sure it stirred Ezekiel. Verse 30 says this, And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. So God says to Ezekiel, you know, I looked and I saw the prophets and the priests and the princes and the people. I saw all of this mess. I saw this sin. I saw this wickedness. And I started to look for a man. Can I find a man who will stand up, be counted for God, be counted for righteousness, a man that I might be able to use to get in the way of judgment? I don't want to judge. I want to bless but I'm going to have to judge, is what God said. And, and he did judge. And that's where we are when we're reading Ezekiel. The judgment has come. And that's why verse 31 goes on and says this, Therefore have I poured out mine indignation upon them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. Their own way have I recompensed upon their heads, saith the Lord God. God says, you know something? They're getting exactly what they deserve. Well, I tell you something, that's what's happening in the United States, and I don't think the worst has come. I hate to say it. I don't want to say it. I don't want to face it, but I don't think the worst has come, and I don't know what 2022 is going to hold for America. I don't know what it's going to hold for you or for me, but here's the challenge. I don't think we're going back I think we have lost so much in this country, there's probably no return to what we once were. Forget about prayer and Bible reading in the school. The wickedness is incredibly great and getting worse and worse and worse all the time. So here's my challenge for myself and for you. What are you going to do? What am I going to do? What are we going to do as individuals? What am I going to do as a man? If you're a man listening, what are you going to do as a man? If you're a lady, what are you going to do? How are you going to live? What will your testimony be? What will your life be? What are you going to do in your home? What are you going to do in your marriage if you're married? What are you going to do in parenting your children if you have children? What are you going to do? Because God is still looking for people who will stand up, 
and make a difference. I want to be that kind of person. I hope you want to be that kind of person too. It's going to be a challenging year. God bless you.